Welcome Asia Pacific family. I'm Doris Eckert. I've been serving in Indonesia for many, many years and now am serving the region as the director for Asia's Little Ones. I'm glad to, that you can join us today for this podcast, the Asia Pacific Regional Leadership Podcast with Jeff Hartensfeld. Jeff, what are we going to talk about today? Well, maybe before we start, uh, Doris, I'm going to flip this, flip the script here a little bit and say, why are you here? I mean, why would they choose you to interview me? <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> um, well, we go way back. Yeah, uh, my first uh, stepping onto the mission field was to serve with you and Liz and your family. And um, I don't know, Jeff, why did you ask me? Well, we were kind of short on voices around Springfield, Missouri, right? <laughs> no. Um, but really, uh, yeah, our families go way back. Um, so uh, 2001 was kind of when it started. And, um, you know, we've kind of walked together through all kinds of seasons, our families, and uh, served yeah. together on many of those seasons along the way. So it's going to be great to to hang out together here and do this podcast together. And, um, you know, I guess, you know, I write that newsletter every month and I just thought there's probably some auditory learners out there (laughs) that would prefer to kind of hear it, you know, via voice. Um, I probably, you know, the writing is a little too clean. So this is going to be like the sloppy versions of my newsletter. You know, (laughs) I'll say things here that I probably don't write on the paper. And it won't be exclusively uh, topics related to the newsletter, but I think we're going to cover a lot of things that we've covered in newsletters. And uh, I hope that people who are interested in listening, um, inviting you and I and some of the other hosts, because, you know, there's going to be a few other hosts along the way, uh, invite them into their homes or cars or wherever they're listening. So I think that's amazing, because I'll be honest, along the way, there's been times when I have skipped right over your newsletters and not read them. (laughs) Seasons of life and toddlers. We don't want that much honesty, okay? (laughs) But, but, um, you know, when I, I, we were starting to talk about doing this and Um, I was looking at things. I actually wrote to your secretary and asked her to send me (laughs) all the newsletters. Send me those newsletters I haven't been reading. So I've gotten caught up. Okay, good. (laughs) Good, good. So, you know, I thought a good place for us to start on this early um, series of messages podcast we're going to start with would be to talk about the vision mission, values, and theme of Asia Pacific. I think this is going to be a couple of episodes here because, I mean, there's a lot to say on each one of those things, but um, it's probably a good idea for us to start today with uh, the idea of vision, the regional vision. So, Jeff, how would you define vision? You know, um, I, I think that I, you know, I, we all travel, we go places. We're in churches, we're, you know, in in meetings with, you know, AGWM and others. And I, I think that there's confusion out there sometimes on, you know, what's the difference between a vision statement, a mission statement? Um, you know, I, 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 as I, you know, have studied this and watched this over the years, half of the vision statements I see have no vision at all, <laughs> you know, and, um, it was interesting for me, like in my in my own journey on the on the field, 
um, you know, as you and I, we served in Indonesia, we know that getting visas has had its ups and downs, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So when you first came over and worked at that school, they had hired Liz and me uh, not I was working for the bigger you know group and Liz was working in the school and they had seven companies and my job was to help them craft vision mission and values so everything you still do now <laughs> well it's where I learned you know yeah. it was kind of like in the beginning it's like what's a vision statement I'm like I'll get back to you on that you know <laughs> I think I know uh, you know everybody talks about having vision but you know so um You know, I want to say that the way I define vision is what you see out into the future. Now, that shouldn't shock people. And yet many times I'll hear a vision statement and it doesn't project what people would see, let's say, in their personal lives and the life of their organization. You know, so, you know, in Asia Pacific... You know, we wanted to craft a statement of what we see as a preferred future. Mm. So I think that's the other piece you have to add in when you're defining vision. Um, You've got to see that preferred future. And sometimes that's kind of saying to the Lord, what will that look like? Right. You know, I'm in my devotions. <clears throat> I just started Joshua. And... uh you know, it was like we're going into this promised land, but we haven't seen it physically, mm-hmm. right? I mean, right. It, it was talked about the spies went, and then you know the second two went and and searched out the land, but but they needed to have of what's it going to look like? Mm-hmm. What is the promised land going to look like in twenty years, in forty years from now? And um, so I define you know vision as what you see as that preferred future. So do you feel like you've always had good vision in ministry and along the way? I mean, has that always been an easy thing or is it sometimes been difficult? You know, I would say it was easier when I was pastoring a church. It's been harder as a regional director. And, and you know, we'll, we'll unpack, you know, what is the vision statement of, of Asia Pacific in a little bit here probably. But um, it was easier as a pastor, harder on a big organizational level, and actually harder on a personal level. Mm. So, you know, you when you talk about vision, <clears throat> you want to also say, you know, what's the vision you have for your life? Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself and sometimes that vision is related to character and related to faith. And, um, you know, maybe there's some physical goals in there that you're trying to exercise or do something like that. Um, you know, it's been harder as a regional director because we've got 40 countries, over 400 missionaries. And, you know, we're, there's a lot of things going on, you know. Mm-hmm. Um you worked with me at ICA in, in Surabaya, and, you know, I remember when we got in the early years of the church while you were still there, it was my vision, our vision was to see a church of 200 people that worships the Lord, right. you know? And so we, we it's like, what do you see as a preferred future? What I see is 200 people in this room, you know, worshiping the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um 
At that time, it didn't. It was imagined. It wasn't. Yeah, it, was. <laughs> it wasn't That's a right. reality yet. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> um, you know, I'll, I'll never forget. You know, mm. of course, you were part of the church's history. We we had some ups and downs. Um, you know, in 01, we were actually swinging up, but you know, we started the church end of 96, 97, had a little bit of an upturn, coup d'etat, just wiped the crowd out. Mm. Um, but I remember we we were in the Hotel Majapahit, which is, you know, in downtown Surabaya, and we're in this meeting room with 80, that seated 80 people. Mm-hmm. But there was a little balcony where you opened up the doors and you looked over the ballroom. Oh, that was such a cool ballroom. Too. <laughs> it was. No, it was a it was a Sarkis Brothers hotel. It was like the Mandarin, not Mandarin Oriental, but the um, some of those older hotels, course, the raffles, right? Yeah, yep. these historic hotels. Yep. So the same brothers that built the raffles in Singapore also built, you know, this yep. this this hotel Majapahit. So I, I opened those doors up. We have eight people in church, right? I opened the doors up, and I look out over this ballroom, and I said to the group. I see mm. this room filled with people from all nations worshiping the Lord. And I see Surabayans and I see, you know, people from everywhere. So, you know, it's kind of funny. Years later, we're in that ballroom on an Easter Sunday. It's full. Right. And you know, we had a big event. <laughs> you know, we hadn't hit our 200 yet, but it, it, had, it had filled up to, you know, have like, you know, two, 300. And when we were going for 200, we were looking for not just a one-time 200, but steady <laughs> right. attendance. So, and I remember one of the people that had been a part of that original group said, when you said that, I said to myself, mm. ah, don't say that. You know, we only have eight people. You know what? And she came to me and she said, I just want to apologize because I didn't see it. Mm. Yeah. But you saw it. And today I saw it. Mm. You know, so um, having vision has helped in ministry because you're imagining a preferred future. And I challenge, you know, all our listeners, you know, our, our, our missionaries that are out there, what, what vision do you have for the ministry that you're leading? What is that preferred future? Because I think everybody's trying to work towards, look, if you're not trying to work towards a preferred future, what are we even doing on the field? No, our right. countries need a, a better tomorrow, right? The Amen. churches we lead, the ministries we lead, you know, what, whatever it might be. So that's some of the things that's really kind of helped me along the way in, in the ministry. So now that you're serving as our leader for our region, what is the Asia Pacific vision? What is the vision that you as our leader are sharing with us for the whole region of Asia Pacific, all 40 countries of us and all of us called to the never reached? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm thankful for uh, our leadership, Russ Turney, um, the area director team that came before us, because we really basically might have changed a word or two, but we have maintained this same vision now probably for a decade. And it is to see communities of faith established everywhere where they don't exist. We want to see the church planted every place where it doesn't exist. When, when we look at the map of Asia Pacific, where are the places where there's not a, a group of disciples meeting. Mm. And, and so almost no matter what you're doing in Asia Pacific, it, 
should be on your radar that when we're looking at our maps, when we're visiting our towns and villages, the number one question on our mind should be, is there a church here? Mm. That should really drive us is to see that a church would be established everywhere where they don't exist. Or in our case, we talk about the never reached have never existed before. Are there levels of vision casting in this in this broader vision? Like, how specific uh, do you want us to be in as as missionaries in joining this vision? Right. Well, you know, I said earlier that you know it's a little harder on an RD level. Um, you know, I'm if I say you know our vision is to see a church planted or a community of faith established everywhere where it doesn't exist. Um, we may not see that in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Maybe we will, but maybe we won't. You know, um, as you get older, I'm a, do, I'm a grandpa. Yeah, I was going to say I'm a grandpa now. You know, so <laughs> you know, it's like I, I'm getting a little more realistic. You know, so but but I really feel like the more specific you can be, especially as you cast a vision for your ministry, as you cast personal visions. I think vision casting needs to be quantitative and chronological. Mm. You know, I, I, and, and I'm saying that, be, and the regional vision isn't quite at those levels. But I think as you boil it down, mm-hmm. like, say, for instance, you're teaching in the Bible school. So in the next five years, how many students would you like to see trained and go into the ministry? Right. Um, and sometimes, you know, the the great stories of the Bible are full of men and women of God who took like bold, who saw bold things, Mm -hmm. said bold things, you know? And I think in some ways, when you talk about levels of vision casting, it's like, where are you at? How bold of a step do you want to take? And then how specific can you be with, with, with that vision? Mm -hmm. And, and the more specific you can be, I think the more, um, It'll help you know when you get there. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked, I said earlier, it's a preferred future. So how do we know when we get there? Well, if you don't quantify it, you'll never know if you got there or not. Right. <laughs> uh, if you're, if you're, you know, as our workers are listening to this podcast, it's like, you know, when I say the regional vision is to see communities of faith and every place where they don't exist, um, you know, you may also say to yourself, well, yeah, I'm probably not going to see that in my lifetime, but... Can you take a bite out of that? What about your island or what about your city? Right. Or your country or, you know, whatever it might be. And it doesn't have to be a a, a specific church plan or local church, but it could be, you know, something along the lines of, um, I don't know, uh, how you're contributing to that. And, you know, we'll in the next podcast, we'll talk a little bit about mission. But, um, you know, I, I think when it comes to this, I think our people have to do the best they can to be as specific as they can. So as we were leading up to this podcast, um, I was just also just searching for scripture about vision and, and ideas and thoughts about vision. And the two people in the Bible that really stuck out to me was Joseph Mm -hmm. and Mary. 
Um, yeah. Not Joseph and Mary as in I get it. The, the parents of Jesus. <laughs> Give me a little credit Joseph here. of the Old Testament. Although, although the, Joseph of the New Testament had a couple dreams and it's, visions too, right? It's true. But, he but, did. But I know where you're going on this. But, but they both saw something that was impossible because yeah. God gave them a vision. Yeah. And both of them, it was something that they would need God the most in their life yeah. at the point where they would face what God had showed them or where that would happen. And um, I'm just, I'm in awe of, and I thank the Lord for leading us in this calling to Asia Pacific for dreams that are bigger than we are, for a vision that only he can have for the world. Um, But what do you think, what do you think is also great about having this vision for Asia Pacific? Well, let me just comment that, you know, you you really nail it with those two examples. And each of those individuals were probably shook to the core Mm. over what? And the vision got them through some really tough stuff. Yes. No, I I mean, (laughs) I often often think about Mary. Mm. And I mean, can you imagine? (laughs) I, I mean... Flying in the face of culture with her circumstances, right? I mean, yes. you know, the religious people that, I mean, there's, we've all heard the sermons and different things, you know, throughout the years, but, um, but seeing that and hearing that saying, I can't see it now. Mm-hmm. Well, and imagine, you know, Jesus didn't start his ministry till he was 30. You know, so <laughs> Mary was like, uh, are we going to get things going here or what? You know, <laughs> I mean, but I, I kind of think, that we people in Asia Pacific, let me just challenge you that you can receive a God-sized vision. Mm. And my hope and prayer is that the vision that you receive leads and blends into the establishment of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, wherever it doesn't exist. Communities of faith. If you're doing Kaiapha groups, those are communities of faith. If you're doing small groups, underground churches, those are communities of faith. Um, I want you to see, you know, your your children's homes as communities of faith and then Absolutely. sending them out to start other communities yes. of faith. And so um, I think that's what's been great about having this vision for Asia Pacific is that people, I want them to be able to see themselves mm. as part of that that vision is that, you know, they, they can see themselves in that same vision. So what if... That's never been your strong suit. So do you have any resources or ideas um, for us that you, just off the top of your head, I know this wasn't a question you were expecting. Um, well, you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> that ought to be, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, throughout the years, I mean, you know, Andy Stanley wrote a good book, Visioneering. Um, I actually have a book I'm about to look at on on vision. If I had been prepared, I would have written all the pertinent details down, you know. But there's tons of resources on it that are out there. But I think a good place to start if you're listening to this podcast and this is touching you in some ways is make it a matter of your personal prayer time. Mm. I mean, as we see even the greats of the Bible that you talk about, you know. Uh, Mary wasn't reading a vision, a book on vision when, you know, the angel showed up in her bedroom or, you know, Joseph, for that matter, he's a kid. Yeah. I'm having these dreams and visions, right? Um, I think 
maybe if all we got out of this podcast was we all went to the Lord and said, Lord, is there something else I need to see Hmm. in that preferred future? I I think that would be a great starting point. You know, I, I, I don't need to preach this to our missionaries, but I can tell you I preach this in the churches a lot. Sometimes we're asking God to get on board with our plans and what really needs to happen is we need to get on board with God's plans. I think we all learned that lesson a few yeah, times. <laughs> right. And that's one of you learn over and over again. But but unfortunately yeah. it's like we've gone to the field, we got these ministries, we got all these things going on and it's kind of like Lord bless it. Mhm. And the Lord actually has something else going on that he's like, if you join over here, there'd be some success. It was like when when uh, uh, Joshua meets the angel of the Lord, he goes, whose side are you on? He's like, my own side, (laughs) you know, nobody, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I'm I am who I am, you know, and if we got on board with the Lord's plan, I think. um, Yeah, be great. So that's definitely one of the challenges in achieving uh, vision in our ministries, but are there any others that you that you've encountered in your life that that have tripped you up or kept you from achieving good vision? Well, you know, I think it came natural to me, and it comes natural to some of you listening. There's probably some of you out there that maybe push back a little bit on that quantifying statement. You don't want to be nailed down. You don't want to be put in a corner. And I, I just want to say I get that, and I'm okay with like some of those feelings. So if you're listening today, and this is kind of you know rubbing you the wrong way a little bit, um, I think the greatest challenge could be just opening yourself up to what it could be that the Lord would want to put on your heart. Um, you know, recently, uh, and I'll close the podcast, you know, with this little story. But recently, you know, Dick Eastman you know, came to the executive committee and, you know, shared about his ministry, you know, a thousand homes for Christ, you know, a million homes for Christ, at least at like 10 million. Mm. He gave us a little card. It was his credential card. It was from the 70s. And on it, he wrote, Lord, I believe that you're going to give me a million homes Mm. for Christ. This is back in the 70s. This is back when he had like a dozen or, you know, a hundred people, whatever he had. Mm-hmm. He said, I was, I was overwhelmed, but I wrote it here because I wanted to believe God for it. Um, friends, don't be afraid to believe God for big things. Mm. You know, as your regional director, I believe you're amazing, amazing people doing just incredible work. I want you to know I believe in you. I want you to know that the Lord is on your side. And if you believe in yourself, in that God has called you, and and big doesn't always have to be a big number, but it's got to be bigger than us. If what you're believing God for is limited to your capacity, you'll never realize everything that God has for you. It'll all look different. It'll all be different. But we serve an amazing God. So... It's been great talking to you today, Doris. You too, Jeff. And for everybody listening, thank you for tuning in. Thank you uh, for answering the call, for serving so faithfully through all the challenges. And God bless you.